What is going on, you guys? Welcome to the Strong Life Podcast. I have the always smiley coach, Kenny Because <laughs> we are going on YouTube. When I cannot wait to get into a studio with like great lighting and that's just, it's sideways for me on the road like this. I don't know, man. I like it, Kendra. Like, this is real life. You like traveling, Kendra? You like, well, our, oh, yeah, okay, all right, yeah, I get it. I mean, when you move into a studio, it's like, and don't get me wrong, like, you're taking that direction, I totally get it, I'll still love you, but, like, when you get into the studio, all of a sudden, it's like, hey, I'm a little pretentious now, like, you know, like, I'm fancy, yeah, I've got a shit. like, you probably get some light behind you, a CTSL, maybe and, you a know. red, maybe a red curtain, you know? Yeah, of course, uh, but, like, Dan Bailey has, like, the you know, like the the waffling in his studio for like sound canceling and stuff. And oh, that's good. I know, I know, I know. Right, this kind of piece together thing is it, it's it's actually not pieced together. This is not a this is not a shit show. I got a girl. She does the editing. We're trying to make it better and better, and the sound is a little bit better. But I really, I I do not know if this mic is working. So I'm gonna talk into it like it is. It I know it, it sounds great, Kendra. I know. Okay. It makes things look legit. So like you asked me before we started recording, life on the road is great. Um, I don't know. I continue to find, I know this sounds cheesy, but like the joy and the journey and the little moments, I do not think I need to travel for my whole lifestyle. But um, one thing I do know is that when we are stable in Tampa for 18 months, like I am... I will still need to travel and go to different places. And that is something that I hadn't before I met my husband. I did that all the time. I was obviously a single person. I didn't have to negotiate if Jack was whenever he was with his dad, I would go somewhere or do something. I had races. There were always something going on. And when I met my husband, he was a little more grounded. And I found myself like naturally just grounded and it was hard for him to go. So I kind of stopped. I'm, we've talked about this for years, Mitch and me. So it's not like I'm, but you know, you kind of do that when you start to settle down, you adopt the good and the bad. And so this was our way of getting out. And now I'm like, got the, got the bug again, you know? Yeah. I think that, you know, in life when, especially when you get married or you enter a relationship, you know, there's some good, there's some bad, there's some settling, there's some accepting. Yeah. And I think that it takes, you know, for me being married 27 years now, um, there's a period of time where you develop, like I, we've been doing this a long time, but when you first start, there's this period where you're like trying to figure out what it's going to be like. Um, and then I think you develop these non-negotiables. Like you start to think about things that you had in your previous life that were super important, your single life. And as those things are kind of not taken from you, but as you start to meet in the middle more, I think that's where you actually start to think, okay, well, that was really important to me. I didn't recognize it. Like I've got to get back to doing that or this isn't going to work out. So I've got to find out a way to make this a non-negotiable and right. like, figure this out, you know? And then that to me, Mitch and I were talking about like yesterday on our walk, what supporting somebody feels like like what is that like I, I support you is it that I just said 
yeah, you can do whatever you want. Or is it that I helped like clear the path so that you can, you can, we can make that happen. And, um, you know, this, this lifestyle that we are living on the road, I would say my husband, like, absolutely. It was my idea, obviously help let's blow up everything. And, and, you know, then it became his, like he was, he was all in too. That's not hard. The things that have been hard are when like, I, I want to like quit my corporate job and start my own business. You know, do you know, not every partner is going to be like, let's, let's do it. They're going to be thinking about the long-term financial consequences. So like he supported me doing this, but he also helped me clear the path so that it wasn't just like, yeah, do whatever you want. That's not support. It's like, we're in this together and that's pretty cool. And I can look back and say, you know, cause I mean, he would be like, these are all the things you're going to lose. And I'm like, but what if it's better? Like, what if it's better? And it is. Cause I knew like I was the one who had the vision and trying to translate that to a partner and then have them believe in you. Like he had talk about trust the process, man. Like I, I respect him for that alone. Can't be easy. Oh, I'm, I'm sure though, Kendra, like, even though like you had a vision, you knew exactly where you wanted to go. It's nice to have that dissenting voice in the room that like, well, what about this? Like you're saying, well, what if this? And he's saying, well, what about this? Yeah, right? yeah. So what if and what yeah. about are two totally different things. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, you're right. Like the the compromise is something that I think, you know, a lot of people when they're either not married or, you know, I'm not compromising. Well, like you have, like you, you can't live a life with another person and not compromise. There are things that I want to do that, I just have had to be like, I can't do that right now. Like I'm married. <laughs> I have a person. Like I have a I'm I'm accountable to another person. Like, sorry, you know. I have a very good I have a my one of my best friends in life is a single guy. And uh he's oh, a, damn. He's a disaster. He's a disaster. I mean, like, he's an amazing human. I would like, be a disaster single. I just scary to think about. It, it, well, well, yeah, I mean, anyway, back to your friend. No, no. Like if honestly, like if I was single, like, I think I would be a lot like you in the fact that like, I would actually probably be very unhealthy. Like I might work on fitness and nutrition, but I'm one of those people that like, I want to make the most out of every second of every day. So like, I would be like, go, go, go crash hard, wake yeah. up, go, go, go yeah. crash hard. I would push the envelope. I would always be doing something. I would always be busy. Yeah. I just yeah. can't sit still. It's not in my right. nature. I can sit still, but as a single person, I was I was just like out, like in the streets a lot, you know? <laughs> so, I, think that, I don't think so, that's where you want to take this. <laughs> oh, wait. No, but I was just like, I was just like out. I, I felt like I was like searching, 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 you know? Um, and- with that comes good with that comes bad but i for me like marriage holds me accountable and that is important to me marriage keeps me in line it this marriage it keeps me in check it it is a mirror for me 
So even though, and, and also with that, it makes me want to run away because that's, those are hard things. So it's like this like blessing. And this also, it's so, we should have a whole episode on psychoanalyzing marriage. Cause it's like, it's like yeah. the best thing for me as a person. And it's also the hardest thing. And I like, we, my husband and I both were like, fight it, but we're like, it's so important that <laughs> we fight it, but it's so important. That's how it is for me. I'm not, you know. No, I, I totally get it. You know, I, I think I've long since transitioned through that. And for me, um, I love the, the commitment. Long since transition. Yeah, I've given up I'll on. Probably you feel know. like I'll go down fighting. Like no, 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 no. I just like you. I've, I've, I embrace all the great things about marriage. I, yeah. I do believe like the commitment to another person. You know the what Loyalty. we built together, yeah. where we're headed together. Um, all of those things are super important to me, and yeah. I think it, again, like we talk about this a lot, but when we think about our personal values in life, you know, like our values line up a certain way with our partners. And like, for me, like loyalty, you know, dedication, all of those traits are super important to me. It's why I align with some of the companies I align with. It's why I do some of the things I do. It's why I'm loyal to other people. And so for me, that's all like poured into my marriage and my relationships. It's super important to me. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like sometimes I'm not totally like when I think about loyalty, it's like, you know, a lot of people are like, I'm loyal to a fault. I don't feel that way. I feel like I have, I can be like, it doesn't take much for me to be like, I think I'm good. Like there are enough great people in this world. I don't need like shitheads in my life. So well, I don't keep going back to like some people have that problem masked as loyalty. I'm not sure that's loyalty. And also like this idea of we've talked about don't don't confuse like blind obedience with loyalty. Like yes. I am obedient to like people I respect, but I'm not going to keep coming back, you know, fool me once. Now you fool me once. I'm good. I don't need you know like there's too many great people to to pour into, you know. For sure. And I think for me, I'm I'm with you on that. Like I am loyal to a fault until you give me a reason not to be loyal. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like I'm not, I'm not going to ruin the loyalty, the trust that we have between, you know, other individuals. Like I'm not going to be that person to step out of line, but if you step out of line or in, in general, if someone steps out of line, like I'm not, a, I'm like you, like, I'm not afraid to cut that off. Like, yeah. Okay. It's I'm I and I think that comes with understanding your value and your worth, right? right? When you understand your value and your worth, all of a sudden it's really clear when loyalties work in both ways. Because if you don't feel valued and they're not, they don't treat you with you or someone doesn't treat you um, as your worth, then you'll know right away that loyalty is one way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have I've learned that the hard way through like I've definitely hurt people in my life. And so there's some, there's some baggage there from that um, and done some dumb things. So I know what it's like to be on, to be on both sides. And um, anyway, how do we pivot? 
to our- I don't know. I, I did want to say this. Like say all of my favorite podcasts, all of them, they all have this like five minute or 10 minute period where they start to podcast off with like small talk, like Shoot. shooting the yeah. about things that yeah. aren't necessarily related to anything they're going to talk about. Same. All of mine. Um, and I think what people don't understand is like what you and I just did there was totally unscripted. We never even talked about it. We we're just going <laughs> to, we just turned on the microphone and started recording. And I think that's what's cool about it. Yeah, right? me like, too. Because well, I, think I mean, I was actually going to talk to you about, uh, I was like, man, I know we need to get to our topic or, you know, community support and your health and fitness journey. But I was like, I woke up today really struggling with like uh, missing my kid and, um, you know, like there's real stuff, you know, going on in both of our lives too. But um, I have like, have not really had the opportunity to talk with you about that, which I'm sure we will at some point, but I was saying to my husband, this is kind of cool. Um, I like when I, when I don't get to talk to Jack and I'm sure this is the same way with your kids, maybe it's different for a dad. I'm not sure. But as a mom, you're like, you're like biologically chemically connected to your kids. Like it's, it's, it's a thing. And I'll wake up, like I woke up yesterday and today and I just feel sad like I just feel I have this like looming feeling and then I remember that I have a kid that like I'm gonna get to talk to in a couple weeks and I'm instantly like happy again it, yesterday it made me cry like profusely because it's he's he's fine like he's just getting his ass kicked <laughs> seven ways to Sunday right now. <laughs> but like, I was thinking like how amazing it is that I get to, oh, it's just like such a weird feeling. It reminds me of waking up when I quit my corporate job, I would wake up and have this looming thing like, oh, I have to go to work. And then to be like, no, I don't. I have my own fucking business. I have like, it, it's, it was this like elation it's the strangest thing when you can't talk to them, especially when they're in that environment and how dark that feels for me. And then I remember I have a kid, like I have a whole child that I'm going to be able to have back in my life in a couple of weeks. Um, and then the bad path I go down is the parents who don't, who have to wake up every day with just dark and never get to like all the kids who have gone into something like RASP and then they've, their kids have deployed just like me, just like me thinking all the same things. And then they never, they never come back. And that's usually the path I go down where I'm like, what is happening? Um, and then I have to pull back. And that's the, that's the cycle that I go through as a military mom these days. Yeah. I mean, so Kendra, it's, it's a tough spot, right? So you know, for me, who's served 31 years, you know, over 60 months in combat, you know, over over five years in combat, you know, over those 30 years, multiple deployments outside of combat, multiple training events, you know, being away from <clears throat> my kids, my wife, my mom, mm. uh, my family, 
Um, it's definitely different for your son. You know, he's, you know, not, not to put you, not to say he doesn't think about you guys, but if he's going to do his job and he's going to be the best he can at it, he's got to find, he's, he has to find a way during this training period, even to separate himself from the emotions that you're going through. You know, he has to really focus on the task at hand so that he can perform at the level needed so that he can get through this training and get on to the next thing. So for him, um, you know, he's probably doing great and um, nothing to worry about. Like you said, it's a training environment. He's getting his ass kicked, but he is going to be doing well. You know, for you, it is a challenge. I do look at it differently, you know, with my son still being in the army now. Um, I don't necessarily worry because I know what it's like to yeah. do what he's, you know what I mean? So for me, it's not, I don't feel that. And like, I'm not a mom. And like you said, that is different for sure. But as a dad, um, I have a little bit more blind faith in the system and what's going on and where he's at, which could be good and bad, but I don't really wake up those days anymore. And like, with this excessive worry. Um, I've just been wired that way over time. You know, I, I'm very stovepiped. I compartmentalize things very easily in my life. And I think that's just because of what I've been through. You know, when you deploy, when you're gone for 15 months and, you know, every day you're, you're going on patrol, you're just trying to, you know, we talk about, this is a good way to maybe transition to fitness and nutrition, but, you know, we talk about that journey and kind of like, just executing the one step that's in front of you, you know, like just how can I get from where I am right now to where I need to be at lunch, to where I need to be at dinner, to be successful on this journey. It's the same thing when you're deployed as a soldier. It's like, okay, I wake up. How can I get through this day? Like, what do I need to do? How do I need to execute what I need to focus on? What tasks need to be accomplished so that I can survive this day? And like, ultimately you don't control all those scenarios you know like you can do everything right and not end up in a good spot um but that's the way you think you can compartmentalize right you don't worry about things going on at home you don't worry about kids you don't worry about wives you worry about right like hey i gotta stay alive today right how can i do that um so you know i don't know that i've added much to this conversation other than to say i think your son is probably super focused on his job and as a mom you're going to worry it's natural um and it will probably get worse for you when your son starts deploying. Like then you'll have real thoughts, you know, really like, man. Yeah, this is okay. I think right now it feels like uh, more than any, more than even worry. It feels like I just miss him because we're so close. Sure. I think he's probably doing exactly what he wants to be doing right now, Kenny. I, I, I yeah. lo like I literally think the kid is in heaven right now. This is, he's tried to force his own physical body through what they're taking him through now on his own, like through a bunch of different things, but um, mentally he's probably never been, you know, put in this position before, but. Uh, I, Kendra, I think this is important, you know, like, yeah, you know, he's going through all this right now. And like you said, he tried to force himself through it. This is kind of like folks that go through 75 hard. I think it's. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't want to dismiss anyone that's done 75 hard. I don't want to seem like a bad thing because it's a great mental toughness program. But it's really, in my mind, it's really easy when you get to pick the hards. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. 75 hard, you look at the schedule for the day. Yeah. 
well, it's going to rain tonight. I guess I'll do my outside workout this morning. Well, I guess you will. That sounds really hard. Like <laughs> that's not hard. Right. So like, even though Jack prepared himself for this by trying you, to do hard, it's a lot different when people are making you do it and you don't get to say when you want to do it. Right. Right. And I mean, luckily they've, they've been training them up into this point, but um, yeah, I think sometimes I'm sure your family went through this, right? You feel the, you feel the weight of, you know, just, wow. Like the one thing I, the dark, the darkest is going through this idea of some parent was also proud of their kid, just like me, you know, some parent was just having faith that, you know, as a country, we're doing the right thing. And here's my kid, you know, uh, all of those things. And, and uh, so it's, it's the strangest, you know, I've had people be like, yeah, it was hard. I, you know, my kid just went to college this year. I'm like, not the same, <laughs> very different. Like, I appreciate the, the, you know, I sent my my kid to college too, and I was like upset for like three weeks, and then like you, I was like, "Why are you calling me? Like, go, you know what I mean? Like, go, go make some friends." Um. So anyway, we can segue to. Okay, so the one thing that I think is, I appreciate so much about these conversations is the support and the the first of all the community that you and I are in with each other but with first form and I know the way that helps me and impacts me and you know we just had our meetup because you were there which was amazing um still funny that you're in every single picture yeah I'm on every picture oh you mean the one yeah 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 that's funny that's hilarious yeah not, they can't find my they can't find my banner and it just so happens we're lined up and like your bicep or your face or ever maybe you and Steph Steph might have been in there a few which is fine but I thought that was so funny I'm like holy shit um but looming that, not just in it not just in it mind you looming looming over <laughs> like you you blown up a thousand times is so funny to me yeah, they're like, oh, we don't, we don't know where your picture went. We can't find it. Like, I'm probably rolled up in the basement somewhere. But Kenny, there he is, you know, blown up. So that was pretty funny. Um, but oh. that was just that that community. You know, having a community of people to support you is pretty cool um, all around. And I mean, even just being able to have a little conversation this morning probably went longer than it should have to talk, like just talking about these things. But um, I appreciate that community more than I could have imagined. And the years now, because you're, when did you start your community? It would have been in January of 2019 when I officially started it. Okay, mine was, was that... Mine was January. Mine was like August, 2019. Yeah. yeah. So the, the years of people that are still with you and you're still with them and you know, like what their macros were last summer. You know what I mean? Like I, I was saying to my husband, there, there were 60 women and I knew their first name, last name. I could tell you about how much weight they lost. I could tell you like 
what their fitness journey has been. And it's not hard. It's, it was so cool to me to just be like, whoa, these are like, these are some of my core people right here in front of me. Unbelievable. It is. I mean, the lives you impact, the lives. And it's always funny, right? Like you said, like, you know where they're at, where they were at last year. Like I can, like, I'll be in the middle of an assessment or talking to some, some someone and I'll be like, you know, last summer when you were like at, you know, 154.3, and I remember we had this conversation and they're like, how do you remember that? I'm like, I don't remember. Like, because I'm so involved. Like, I don't think they get it right. I don't think they get it. And this is not to put any other community on blast, or this is not to put any other coach in a bad spot, but the difference is we fucking care. And like, we, we're not just, I, I know you, I know how you coach. I know how you feel about your people. And we're not just trying to get results. Like we care about their lives. We care about their success as people, as humans. And that's the difference. Like <clears throat> it, you can't just, be a coach and focus singularly on making progress on the scale. Like, I don't think that's, that's how you do this, right? If you want to truly change people's lives, you have to know what the fuck is going on in their life. And you have to be able to help them through all those things. That's why I always laugh, Kendra, at every, and again, there's a lot of young coaches out there that I really like. But when it comes to fitness, nutrition, weight loss, navigating life. As a 22 year old coach, what do you actually know about life? Not much. <laughs> you're, you're just a kid. You're 22 years old. Like most 22 year olds don't get it. Right. That's why I think we're so successful. Like not that we've experienced everything. There's a lot of things we can learn every day, but we have a lot of life experience and it is more than macros. It is more than movement. It is more than water. You know, you need perspective. And I think that's what we can provide. That's what makes it so different. Yeah, I agree. I think they're, you know, I think a lot about the younger coaches and where I was, because I started coaching at about that age. And the things I knew, the things I knew for sure were the same as what I know now, uh, the basics. I knew that protein was important. I knew you needed to be eating in a caloric deficit. I knew you needed to resistance train and I knew you needed to have cardio and like proper supplementation. And those were the things that I could learn in training. But when I was training my 45 year old women who were complaining about hormones, I had no right or authority or experience to tell them anything. When they talked to me about stressful lives with their kids, no idea. So. But today, I think a lot of younger coaches are just regurgitating and spitting out sure. like other people's motivational content, right? So they take a, you know, hard work is and like, I get that you can get that. Like I was an athlete growing up. I played soccer. In fact, I was rewarded in like, it was, I, I made the, I was a shitty soccer player and I made the varsity team my freshman year and the coach said in front of everybody, this girl is not the best soccer player, but she has the most heart. And like, and then she picked me because I just wanted it badly, but I, I didn't really have the skills. And I was the last one she picked. And I, cause I just destroyed myself. So like I would get rewarded early on 
so it's not like you can't be young like I know Jack knows that I know Jack's girlfriend knows that but like to see it through after you gain 60 pounds when you have a kid after you like are raising a toddler you have a full-time job and you keep picking up more and more shit and you still hang on to your fitness and healthy lifestyle through it all like you have earned the right to create a reel with some motivational speeches and content behind it you know like you have stood the test of time and everybody's a professional motivator these days online everybody you know it's just like and i can appreciate that but you can't as a woman who's never been through menopause or really understood it or been around anybody tell me that like my libido issues are in my head you know what i mean like I would have thought the same thing as a younger woman, but as I get older, I see like, no, there's actual things that people actually experience that you, you just can't know if you haven't experienced them or been around it. That was just one example. Cause somebody once I mentioned sure. that to a coach and they gave me a book and I was like, fuck you. Like, and now that I've dealt with it, like, I'm like, it's back. You know, <laughs> it wasn't a book. Uh, I figured it out, you know, like, so anyway, that's, that's my rant. No. And I, I support your rant and all that to say that if you're 22 and you're a young coach and you're listening to this, we're not putting you down, right? Like it's not your fault. You're 22 and you have to start somewhere. And if you want to be a coach, you got to start. But to Kendra's point, like if somebody gives yeah. you a book, read it, learn what you can, right? Do learn what you can. can. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like, I would like to be now more in a place of mentoring those coaches because there's always somebody behind you. You know, like there's always somebody who is, no matter where you are, I mean, Sal talks that, about that a lot too. Like, there's somebody behind you and there's somebody that you can influence. And I think, you know, just, listen you just got to keep it going as the years go on you know you just got to keep it going I'm with you I get a lot more joy to, like I love helping people yeah in any form but I like you like you know I have my people that I help you know with their individual progress but every time we get a chance to impact a coach right teach a coach like every person they talk to from here on out is definitely an extension of your impact on them which means your legacy is even bigger. I was talking to uh, some of the coaches last night um, and I was saying like, it, regardless of how old you are, if you have an app and you have food logs from 50 people over the course of a couple of years, you are an expert in food journal review. Like that is, I was saying like, many scientists would love to have that kind of data, like the behavior data, the, you, you can be young and be experienced and really you just haven't experienced it all, but you can still see and observe. Like, that's kind of what I was saying when I was a young coach, I remember thinking like, maybe, boy, does it really end at 45? Like these women say, like that feels 
that doesn't feel right, but okay. And all I could do was motivate them. I couldn't tell them like, you know, anything other than uh, the basics, but it didn't mean I wasn't valuable in their life. You know, it didn't mean I couldn't bring anything as a coach. So to your point, like if you're listening to this, it doesn't mean that somehow yeah. some, you know, that I, I would never want a coach uh, to be taking away, like they're not valuable. Cause like I said, I think my son could probably, and his girlfriend are really good examples of being able to bring it at 23 and 24, you know? And, and Kendra, like you will probably acknowledge like I, that there's plenty of 22 year old kids who are coaches who went to school for four years to learn about kinesiology, to learn about nutrition that probably have a wider grasp of that base nine knowledge than we do like there's yeah, people yeah. out there yeah. are, you know so it works both ways yeah that's true yeah that's true not after i get my master's but i mean that's that's honestly mm -hmm. that is one of the reasons why like i'm continuing with my education is because i don't know it all i know i have knowledge gaps and that to me just feels like something i want to fill in as a as a you know trainer certainly as an elite trainer um you know like that's important to me i'm excited to learn i was talking to my professor he's like you're gonna know a lot i'm like you might be surprised <laughs> you know what i, I mean like yeah. you might be surprised dude and i've heard I, I mean i've listened to bill campbell often yeah. i mean i know exactly yeah. who he is so yeah. um that's gonna be an awesome course i'm really excited for you yeah my, my master's degree isn't helping me with this at all <laughs> What is yours in? Um, Homeland Security uh, with a minor in emergency management. So like, you know, when I was in the army, it seemed to make sense. You know, I'm very good at handling stressful. Complex yeah, right. You are. Delivering resources to the right place, right time. So I can do all those things very well. Right. But, that has to be transferable to some extent. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it all experience, right? Kind of like going back to what we talked about experience. Right. Right. You know, understanding what it's like to go through a master's degree, a master's program while being a full-time employee or being in active duty, like that is probably more valuable because again, like for me, my life is the baseline for how I address every situation. Like, of course I can look around and take information from other journeys, but when I think about the things that I did on active duty and what I did in order. So let me give you an example. Yeah, give me, I'm dying to like. So one of the, one of the training environments, and look, I don't even know if we're going to get into our topic here, but like, it's okay. I think, I don't know, <laughs> but one Wait, time, what, what are we talking about? I, I know what I want to talk about, but go ahead. Okay. So there was a, tr there's a training environment in, in California, um, out in the desert, um, where we go out there for about 30 days at a time. And we pretty much practice combat scenarios, right? So it's in the desert, it's miserable hot and. Um, it's a very challenging and austere environment. you like no showers, you know, you're not doing any of that kind of stuff. You're just trying to survive water, food, things like that. Well, it just so happened that during this training environment, I was in a contest prep, right? So no, no refrigerator, you know, no ice, none of those things. Right. So like, how do you still hit macros and do all this? You know, I, I did it, you know, I found a way to take like a box and it was horrible food choices, but I was eating like tuna and crackers and like, and I know that like, if I can do it in those types of environments, like if you're at home, 
and things are a little challenging for you and you have a refrigerator full of food and water's like at your beck and call, like, I know you can do it. It's a matter of how bad you want to do it. Right. So again, like it's perspective, it's perspective. Well, yeah, I mean, I, that just, you know, it, so where were you? You were in California doing contest prep while you were. Well, yeah, I mean, I wasn't so obviously not able to work out, right? I'm in the field. I'm in a combat environment, you know, a practice combat environment. It's very austere, you know, sleeping on the ground out in the middle of the desert every night, no tents, none of that kind of crap, right? I'm an infantryman in the army. Like our job is yeah, to yeah, walk yeah. the desert. So really horrible, couldn't focus on fitness, but the one thing I could control to some extent was nutrition. So I did that in that environment. You know, even though it wasn't easy, it was extremely hard. A lot of processed convenience type foods that were in a box that were getting baked by the sun every day, but I did it, you know? So like when people tell me they can't hit their macros, I'm just like, well, I don't know about that. Let's have a talk. What do you mean? Yeah, right. It does feel like it, you know, the cool thing about contest prep is how it takes you so far that now that just seems eat like it's so easy to hit your targets. Like I was thinking the last time I was out at first form, I, well, no, the second to last I was prepping and I brought out a cooler with, I was there for like three days and I brought my meals, but like just, I was like five weeks out of the show. I saw you and I brought my meals and that was that there was no, like, mm, I wonder what I'm going to have. It was like, this is what you're going to have these five meals every day. And I brought them in a cooler and, you know, that's another level, but like now it's like, it's a, it's a, it's such a mindset when you decide what you can or you can't do, you know, like it's like, it's so empowering to go to the extreme and then everything else from there just feels easy, you know, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's why I'm like, I kind of sometimes like when people are like, I don't want to go too crazy with the eight week challenge. I'm like, go crazy because everything other than this, once you're out of this, we'll figure out how to maintain it. It will seem like nothing. And you too will become the most intolerant person on the planet. When you hear people say how hard it is, would you like right. to join me in that? <laughs> in being totally and completely impatient, you know? Well, and, and that is the one thing I have to watch out for. Like as a coach, True. I have to remember that not everyone is willing to do what I was willing yeah. to do. Right. And that's okay. That's okay. Like that's my job as a coach is like, let me figure out what it is you're willing to give. And let me see if that's in line with what you want to do. If it is awesome. I'll hold you to that standard. However, if you tell me something that's not in line with you reaching your goals, that's when we have to have that first conversation. Like, well, what you're doing isn't going to work. Let's change that. Right. 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 Your willingness to change is either going to help you or not help you. You know, you've had to have that conversation a few times with my husband. Yeah. He's doing great. You had a good check in today. Right. Yeah. Well, I just had that conversation with a client today about like, it's been <clears throat> almost 13 weeks. We're trying to get in 10,000 steps a day. We've built in macros based on this certain amount of movement. It's been 13 weeks. We're getting in 7,000. So let's just make a macro adjustment and stop trying to like, like if that's what it is and that's all you can do, then we need to change something else. 
You know what I mean? Like it is what it is and that's okay. Um, but something has to change to make progress. It's like you talked about in like our, the toxic trait podcast we did, you know, at some point you can't tell me you want to reach your goals. And Oh, by the way, tell me that you can't get in enough movement and you're hungry. Like, okay. If you're hungry, we can't drop your calories. Like you're just going to eat off plan. If I drop your calories even more, yeah. you're not willing to get this movement in like, okay, we're at a stalemate. We're not, we're not making any progress. If you're yes, not yeah. willing to do something else. Right. Bottom line. You know, so, I, so we were going to talk about a, a little bit about community because we, and the importance of that, but I, I almost wonder if we talk about, I, I actually had a podcast planned that was like why accountability groups don't work. Um, but our communities are a good example of why accountability groups do work. And the thing I've been thinking a lot about this accountability thing, right? Cause people will hire a coach being, or join a team or join an app. I just need somebody to hold me accountable. And I think we have it wrong because there is like, I cannot hold somebody accountable and neither can your peer. Like your peer isn't going to call you out when you don't mostly, especially in women's groups, right? Like if you come to your group and you haven't done what you're supposed to do, nobody's going to give it to you like hard and straight really. Cause they're also struggling too. Right. So you have like, you kind of have the blind leading the blind in some of the groups. This is what I want to talk about, about how to make them most, the most effective. I wonder if though somebody described it to me in my group, she doesn't expect anybody to come after her, right? Like I can't go chase people down who aren't meeting me halfway. There's like a line and you have to meet me. And there's too many people who are willing to do it for me to go chase people who don't care. But when you find a good group or a person that you respect, I have noticed there is something in people that want to present and show up their best self to that group or those people. And I had a woman describe that is what strong life is for her. Like she, it's, she's like, I just wouldn't want to be embarrassed in front of all these women that I respect. It, that's how they group holds her accountable is that everybody is trying to flourish, holding themselves accountable almost, but the group environment is like really, really impactful. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a thousand percent too. It, it's organizational culture, right? It's what you guys have done. And it's the same thing in, in my group is that you've established some community norms, right? What it looks like to be successful, what it looks like to be a successful member of that community. And you celebrate the people in that community over time that are doing the right things, that are making progress, that are committed. If you're like me, you probably highlight those people, talk about those people and make them examples in your community. And when you do that, you're pretty much saying, this is the standard for my community. So when you do that, 
now you put a mark on the wall that says, if you want to be successful in TSL, this is what it looks like to be successful, right? And so now everyone takes their personal standard and now puts it at a different level. Yeah. So you start you start to create new norms in your group and your community, and that drives everyone else to want to reach that level. And that now, instead of becoming some standard to achieve, it becomes the standard, right? Like it's the standard now. It's not it's not something everyone's chasing. It's like either you're doing this or you're not successful. Like, and that's what's powerful, I think, right? Because when you get the mediocrity and you celebrate mediocrity, there's no reason to change. Right. So once you establish that new norm, like which you've done clearly in your community, that's what everybody chases. And that's what everybody wants to be a part of and help build right. in my mind. Right. You know, it's also, it's interesting. Cause I, I know that like, people struggle with their weight. So we had, when we had my meetup, it, we've talked about this before and you and I are the, the same, like you don't have to, excuse me one second. You don't, you don't have to earn your way into a meetup necessarily. Uh, I did have highlight my challenge winners and admins separately on a separate day, which was awesome. That, that felt important, but it, all you had to do was be with me a certain amount of time. You had to have finished a challenge, but it wasn't like that. It, it, it's almost like success in, for some people is also the way they're viewing their own journey. It's their attitude, like people's attitude and perspective can change sooner and faster than their physical body makes the changes they want it to. Like I have some people who finally got their mind right. They still have 50 pounds to go, but like that was what they needed to work on. So the team still, it wasn't, it's not about like, I'm not successful if I don't have this physical body that Erica has, but they can tell they're, 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 part of a community who's thinking differently about fitness, nutrition, the scale, personal self-care, self-respect, all of those things. And they like that regardless of whether they've achieved the six pack they wanted, you know? Yeah. And I think like all those people you highlight probably have achieved those things, right? Like you're not just picking out someone that's lost a lot of weight in, in your TSL and like, no, it's usually, so, yeah, it's usually there's yeah, a story like, and, or they're in the middle of their journey, but they're just sure. so, they're so inspiring. They might have 50 pounds to go, but like, you know, you know what I'm saying? You absolutely highlight people, not just when you have this shocking visual change, but who are, wow, somewhere in their journey. That's just inspiring. It's like, you know, the, the most recent IG post I made with Kali. I mean, you made a oh, comment. Yeah, that perfect example. So she's a CEO of a very important company where she empowers women. You know, she's an entrepreneur. She's super busy. She let herself go for a long time chasing professional goals, but now she wants to change her life physically. And so now she's doing all these things, taking back her life, getting her shit in order. And she's not where she wants to be yet. But it was really important for me to highlight her because she's down 30 pounds this year while doing all the things she was doing before. And like, you know, a lot of times I highlight those people probably like you, because if she can do it, then why can't someone else do it? 
right? Like yeah. she's doing all the things, you know? So I, I try to lift those people up too that I think can be inspiring or helpful to others. And it's not necessarily to be pointed at certain people, but it's just an example, you know, like, hey, like if she can do it, maybe you got to reassess why you're not able to do it. Yeah, and and, you know, we've said this before, but it's important for people to see who who is working and who is in your group and who is running the play because you you don't they might not resonate with you like your physical body they might like you they might respect you but i always feel like i need to show all kinds of different scenarios and people and phases of a journey so that people understand it doesn't just happen because it can kind of look like that when you just show like day one final it just looks like oh and, and then like it just appeared but yeah. you know the it's really important for people to identify with people other than you you know yeah so I why do you think okay sticking on accountability why do you think somebody would hire you, pay you money and still not be able to achieve their goal? Well, the most common reason, um, I, cause I, I have people like that. I'm sure you do. Yeah, too. Same. Yeah. Um, because I think for a lot of people, they do believe that they can throw money at a problem and it will fix yeah. everything. Mm -hmm. And, um, it doesn't matter the amount of money you have. Um, it doesn't matter the amount of resources you have. It doesn't matter the amount of time you have. It doesn't matter at all. The only thing that matters is your willingness to be coached and execute the plan. And I think a lot of people come to you with the expectation that, you know, you're going to make it easier for them. Um, and we might, you know, we might be able to teach them some things and show them some things and help them on their journey, make it more efficient, get them on track faster. But ultimately, like, I think sometimes they think there's a secret, you know, like there's something we have that's magical when in fact um, the magic is getting them to do the work. Um, <laughs> so I think a lot of times people just throw money at it. I mean, if money was a thing, like I wouldn't have the shoulder problem. I would just buy a new shoulder, right? Like I'm not any different than anybody else. I can't work out. I can't do the things I love right now. I'd give you every penny I had yeah. ever saved to fix my shoulder and to fix my knees. It's just not a thing, right? right? Like that's so for me, uh, I really do believe that sometimes people try to throw money at the problem and then they're not willing to be coached. That's the bottom line. They're not willing to do what you ask them to do. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think um, same thing. I mean, obviously people are, uh, and you can get that in the first kind of interview, especially if it's a one-on-one, -on -one. like I just, you know, I, I just, I just know that having you will help hold me accountable. But that's kind of why I wanted to talk about accountability is because I can't hold somebody accountable. It's like the the only person I have the authority to hold accountable is um probably my son. Mm -hmm. And I say that because yeah, okay, fine. I could say, hey, that's not what we talked about. Hey, that's not, you know, I, 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 when you hire me as a coach, you know, I just had that conversation today with somebody that was like, all right, it, it's time, you know, it's time. You've got the basics down. 
it's time to get uncomfortable. But she still has to execute. And paying me money yep. and knowing you're going to see my face every week, you'd think that would be enough. And it's not. It, it you have I just think people, there's a readiness. I have a therapist in my group. Um, and we talk about level of readiness to change. She deals with the same thing in therapy. Um, there's a readiness and there has to be some kind of like, it's almost like you have to be like, I gained 60 pounds when I had Jack. I was so motivated and like almost like disgusted with myself and I wanted it so badly. It was, took me six months to get it off. You know, um, I was ready. I was like hungry for it. And there was nothing you could do to stop me from, you know, embarking on that journey. And, um, I don't know. It's like, it's like something has to snap. Like a parent, sometimes I think, I guess it's not bad enough yet. I guess you haven't hit rock bottom yet for some of my people. And I don't, I wish I had, I wish I had the answer for why people don't follow through when they think money and being with me would be the answer, but it's, it's, it's I, tricky. I mean, Kendra, most, I, I think most people that fall into that category, and this is my, my um, experience is that when they make the decision to change, it's based on emotion, you know, like, you so yeah, I think in the moment, you know, they're ready to change. Like they tell you, Hey, look, I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to get after it emotionally yeah, they're right. where they want to be, but emotion and action are two different things, right? Like you can be emotionally ready to change, but once you start doing the work, if it's extremely hard for you, you know, if, if you weren't prepared for it mentally, like if you just made that decision based on emotion alone, and you weren't ready to follow through. Like, I think that's why people fall off a lot, right? Like, it's one thing to think about change. It's one thing to make change happen. Like, it's easy to think about change. It's hard to make change happen. Two different things. So what do you think is the best? If, what do you think is the best situation for accountability for somebody? the best situation for accountability? Like how could somebody, okay, I need, I need a group. Like I always think my group because, yep. you know, we have a daily drop, but you have to show up and nobody can come get you. How, how does somebody get there? And I mean, that's a big question. Um, no, it's probably unanswerable. I mean, it's, you, you do have to be ready for change. You do um, have to be ready. And I think, you know, in, in our society, Kendra, we were, our society promotes, it's okay to be who you are. You know what I mean? And I really do believe that you know, if you accept that as a standard in your life, that it's okay to be where you're at um, and that you don't have to change, it's really easy to give up and quit on yourself. I think you said it, like when you really hit rock bottom 
and you have that moment where like you feel like I can't go any further. Um, I, that is a catalyst for change. I just think a lot of times that once people start to work on changing, it's just too easy to fall back on like, well, I'm just happy where I'm at. Like, I'll just stay where I'm at. I, I think our society encourages that and lets it go. And, you know, I tell people in my community all the time. <clears throat> it's okay to be where you are in the moment. You can't change where you're at. You know, no matter how hard you're working, you are where you are. Like when you look in the mirror, no matter how hard you've been working, you have to accept where you're at. It's okay to be happy with progress you've made or where you're at as long as you're doing the work. I think that's totally acceptable, but it's also okay at the same time not to be happy with where you're at. Does that make sense? Like it's okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I guess I mean that. like yes. Celebrate, celebrate all the hard work you put in to yeah. what's in the mirror. But it's okay not to be satisfied with the results. Like yes. you've got farther to go. Right. Like a lot of people mess that up, you know. I don't yeah, know. It's a hard, real, it's a hard it's a hard question, but it's something to think about and talk about because I think I think the idea that you would hire a coach and that would solve your problems doesn't matter if you're not ready, that you would join a group and you'd be like, oh, that coach doesn't work. Okay. You join a group and you join the group for accountability and that doesn't work. And then you join an app and you join the app for accountability and that doesn't work. It's you. Like you are the common denominator. And yes. I always think this, the coolest thing for me whenever I'm struggling is to realize that I make all the choices. Like that is not daunting. That is actual like complete freedom to me. I decide what I put in my mouth. I decide, and by the way, if you're joining a community, you can't just sit back and expect people to come to you. You have a responsibility like it's one thing I talk to my team about. They're like, what can I do to help this event? I'm like, have a good time. Like I can't, I can throw, if you don't have a good time where you're going, like yeah. get out there. Don't sit in a corner and then just be mad that nobody talked to you. Like go talk to people. And the same thing with these groups. Like I just, my client who we just kind of lit another fire. She's like, I know I'm, I'm a coach, right? You have full access to me. How are you going to use me? How are you going to leverage me? Like we talked about with the toxic behaviors, you know, like just waiting for your coach to solve your problems. Well, this girl's like, I'm going to make a Google folder and I'm going to share all these things with, you, you know, just really like, anyway, I said a bunch of things there. I see the smirk on your face. No, I, I was just going to say like, you know, it's, it's funny you bring this up because the people who are most successful in my community, I, so I used to just focus on individual coaching, like getting people results individually inside of my group. And I still do. I still coach them individually and, you know, I still help them out. But what I do now more in the open than ever, like in my community is when I get a chance, the number one thing I always weave into my discussions, which I think is super important, is embracing the community and what that looks like. Because the people who embrace the community mm. will be much more ready to stay the course long term. 
Mm -hmm. right? So once you start to make those connections you're talking about, like at TSL events or online or whatever, like now you have a purpose or a reason outside of yourself, right? That's going to cause you to show up every day for you. And so now I coach more about embracing the community than I really coach about like macros, nutrition and things like that, because those things I do in private through the app, because, you know, that's where I get the one-on-one type stuff going. But when it comes to my community, talking about the importance of embracing and interacting and engaging, it's huge. Like once they connect, once they start coming together, like all of a sudden now, you know, like, well, for me, like Kendra's going to show up every day. Well, I guess I got to show up too. Like she's counting on me. It's so powerful, man. Because a lot of times, like, you know, we talk about like in our lives, like moms, we talk about, well, you know, I got to make sure that my kids are taken care of. You know, I got to make sure that my husband's taken care of, whatever, right? Like, you know, the excuses, right? They, they try to put all I'm of their- so busy taking care of everyone else. I don't take care of my- right. Yeah. Right. Well, if that's how you want to think, fine. Like, okay, uh, I'll yeah. meet you there. So now, you know what? You got a partner in Team Playborn. Now you got to take care of them, show up for them, right? Like, so now there's another reason to show up for somebody else. If that's what, if that's what makes you successful, well, right, I just give you right, more person. Right. You know, that's so works. true. Right. I think I just did a post about that. Like, fine. You're not going to do it for yourself. Do it for me. Like right. I'll be disappointed. Like that will get all of my people pleasers going. Like I'll be really disappointed in you if you don't reach your goal. Like I will be heartbroken. Um, you know, I love people. Like I have thousands of people in the app. I love people who send me a message and say like, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna be very active this week. Cause like, I might not even notice but that's their accountability. Just holding myself accountable. Like they want, they want that relationship with me or you. They want that connection with other people in TSL. And they know that we're here for it. Like I'm here for it. I'm psyched about that. But that's a good point. Like it does at some point become more than macros. You know what you're supposed to eat. You know how much you're supposed to eat. That's no longer the issue. And that you can learn that real fast. Now it's about are you going to, are you going to kind of slither your way out and hope nobody sees you? <laughs> or are you going to show up and get, get into the light, put it out there. I've done 40 assessments today already. So I got up early. I walked on a treadmill. I've done a lot. I've shot a lot. I've sent a lot of videos to a lot of people today. And out of those 40 assessments, I've probably talked about nutrition two times. Right, 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 right. Because it's not nutrition they're struggling right. with. You're right? like, I really want you to replace the almonds with Brazil nuts. Like it's, there's, I just was talking to one of my girls about this. She's like, there's really, she's been with me. I don't even know how many years. Okay. And she's like, so there's really no magic pill is there. And I'm like, like, no, but it's taken her. She's finally like, She's still like somewhere in there is like searching for me to be like, oh, but wait, there is this one thing that if you eat this with this combo, boom, you know, just, it's amazing. The fat just melts away in the, <laughs> so you need the community. Cause you're like, oh, excuse me, but you're like, fucking Lara's going to show up again today. And I can't not show up cause she's showing up. And I know she's got a job interview and a kid and didn't sleep last night. And if she can do that, I can do it. And you just, you keep, 
And that bitch don't even like Brazil nuts. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> we can we can edit that. But you know, it. it's like it takes sorry, a while to learn because like you and I have been, I've been living this lifestyle like my whole entire life, most of my adult life with a few little bumps in the road, 60 pound weight gain, lots of life stuff, you know, but it's just, it's like, I learned it. I love it. I learned that about myself early on that I was a physical person. Um, but if you're somebody who struggled, it might take you two years to occur to you that there's no magic pill and that accountability isn't somebody chasing after you. It's actually you showing up for people that you respect, I think. Yeah, it's important for sure. And, you know, so I have not been at this my whole life. You know, in the army, we have to be fit, but yeah, army, right. it's not the same as being in charge of your life. Yeah. Totally different. You show up somewhere and they make you do things versus you showing up because you want to do things. But I will tell you, Kendra, like it took me several times to get here right? It, it took, and so here's the other thing to remember, like I, I first started taking this seriously, 2003, 2004, fell off a couple of times, but in 2009, I had a watershed moment. And I know this is going to sound a little bit weird, but it does come back to community. The number one thing that changed my life, it wasn't a team strong life. It wasn't a team Claiborne. It wasn't any of those things. It was my army community and my family. Like mm -hmm. I took some day one pictures in January of 2007, 2007. Are those the ones you share all the time, the day? Yeah. yeah. In 2007. And like, you know, if you look at them, most people will say, well, that's not too bad, Kenny. What was bad for me, right? Like it's relative. It doesn't matter. You know, it's not a it contest. Bad. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. It was bad for me. And, and in that moment, in those photos, you know, I, I thought, even though I was successful at my job, I just thought about all the people that I was letting down in my life, mm. you know, and it started with my wife and my kids and how I could do more. And I knew I could do more and I wasn't. And then, you know, I thought about my soldiers and my responsibility to do my job. So that was my community then. And I, I knew I needed to show up for all those people if I couldn't do it for myself. So that was me leaning into community, even though it wasn't like what we have right now. Mm. that's how important community like that was the watershed moment for me where I never looked back you know I've stumbled just like everybody else from time to time like we all go through our little moments but I've never gone back to what I was before since that point yeah wow right yeah yeah I think my moment uh I've talked about my funk at 42 I don't know, I gained about 20 25 pounds got injured was drinking every day um, that was not my normal. I went through some weird phase. I had completely like atrophied. I felt, um, uncomfortable. And I, 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 we had this couple over for dinner and I'll never forget it. I just heard myself for like the hundredth time. Cause I was embarrassed about what had happened to, to me and the choices I had made that I always felt like I needed to talk about it. Like, yeah, I guess, you know, those days are over of being an athlete. I've kind of just, yeah, I think this is just what like menopause is going to look like. And I just was 
you know, so, you know, I know I'm not where I was when we knew each other before. Like I want, you know, and, um, I was, I went after that, like I went to bed and I was like, so tired of hearing myself say that. And I was embarrassed that I kept saying that. So then I just like dug myself. It took me about two years, three years to dig myself out of the hole but which is then my coaching program was kind of built on that like hole that I was in. And then when I described that to, there's like thousands of other women, it turns out who had lost themselves and found themselves in a hole and were doing the same thing. And here, you know, Kendra Jarrett coaching and team strong life was born. But if I hadn't gone through that, I wouldn't be of any value today. You know, let me, let me ask you this. I, I bet if I had to put a million dollars on it, number one, you hear that all the time from your friends. Like, hey, Kendra, I know you're a trainer. I know you're really fit, but like, you know, I'm not really there anymore. Like, and they make the excuse when they get back together. Oh, yeah. All the time. All I the bet time. you heard that at TSL. Yeah. Right? Like, even though they're in your, like, I hear it all the time. They're like, you meet people in person for the first time and they're like, <laughs> you know, they start making those excuses like right off the yeah. top right yeah, actually, like you're not you're not going to meet their they're not going to meet your expectations or yeah yeah, yeah I, I ran into somebody last summer who I grew up with and she had you know obviously gained a bunch of weight and here I was on this for, she follows me and she was like you know who knows how many glasses of wine in and she's like menopause and I'm like yeah the men menopause you know like she's trying to say like, that, you know, it's not my fault. It's menopause, but I just want you to know that I know that I'm not where I want to be and probably don't, you know what I mean? And it's not menopause. It's like, it's the bottle of wine at night. That's the problem. But like, obviously I'm not going to get into that with her, but that was me. Like that, that was, that's kind of how I led with old athlete friends I'd seen or old people I'd bike raced with that were still racing. And I was, had gone through this phase. Like I just, and I was like, I had my wake up call. I had my, like my rock bottom. And I'm so thankful because it does make the whole story much more relatable. And I meet a lot of women who kind of feel like washed up athletes. So like, I'm like, let's fucking get it back, man. You know, let's do it. And, um, you know, it's, it's nice to know people can do that, you know, cool. I get the same thing for my folks in the army, Kendra, you know, it's like, oh yeah, you're I, right, right, right. My buddies who have retired and, you know, I see them after a couple of years and they're like, you know, they know what I do. Like, yeah, they, yeah. right. And like, they put on like 40, 50 pounds since retirement and they're like, oh, Kenny, you know, I just like to drink beer now and just enjoy my life. You know, and I'm like, cool, man, whatever. Like in what they don't. And this is what's super sad for me. And it relates to your folks in Team Strong Life. But I worked, I was active 31 years every day, sacrificing things for other people so that I could get to this point I'm at now. So that I would have the flexibility to actually enjoy life. Like, you know, for all the moms out there that are listening to this, all the professionals out there listening to this, like you're working your ass off, Right when you finally hang it up at 58, 59, 60, whatever, like, is that really what you want to do? 
all that hard work. You just want to gain a bunch of weight, go into this shitty place so you can't enjoy the years of your life you're supposed to enjoy because that's where you're headed. Yeah. You know, I work so hard now on my fitness and nutrition and, you know, there's no guarantees in life. Just because you do that doesn't mean we're going to live a long life. But if I do, if God blesses me to live to be 80 years old, I, I fucking hope that I can play golf the day before I die. Mm-hmm. You know, that I can enjoy life, that I can watch my granddaughter graduate high school, mm-hmm. watch her get married. Like if you don't take care of yourself now, mm-hmm. you're not going to see those moments. That's a promise. That's not a maybe, right? right. That's not going to happen. And I think a lot of times, like my buddies who want to talk about all they sacrificed for the army. So now they want to live, bro, you're missing the point. Yeah. Now is what you're supposed to actually live, right? right. For you. I think people miss that boat. Oh, I, I feel sorry for you because I don't know what you're going to call this podcast. <laughs> Did you just say Kenny, Kenny and Jared, Kenny, <laughs> Kenny and Kendra all over the place. <laughs> shoot, shoot the shit. Well, I mean, it's a community. It's accountability. I don't think anybody, I think people sometimes just like listening to us talk as coaches because it's rare. Like, you know, we're often like presenting the bullets, you know, kind of going down the the list of, but how your coach thinks like I, you know, and, and also I love my people and community. Like I sound like I've, I'm like married to them, but I love them more now than I did a year ago. I love the, I love the years that have gone by. I love seeing people's lives changed. And I think like, when you see somebody who we have all of those people like your old buddy army buddies who eventually make their way to us Mm -hmm. that are like i'm not happy and there's part of me that knows you can't be uncomfortable in your clothes immobile not being able to say yes and tell me that you're really fucking happy because you get to drink all the wine like i know you're not I, I'm because you're going to I I work with those people, you know, who even feel some pressure to be OK with who they are, where they are right at this moment. You know, like like we talked about, it's OK to say I'm not OK with where I am. I'm not OK with who I've become. I'm not OK with being 40 pounds overweight, like all of my friends in their 50s and. um it's important that people have a place to say that and to, to want to be better. Cause there's a lot of pressure right now to be like, it's okay. You know, with, with who you are and where you are. And to some extent that's true, but it catches up with us. It's going to catch up with us to your point. And two things really quick. I know you got to go or else you're in. It's okay. But it is, I don't, I don't want to miss this dinner, this lunch date, but so there's two things that I think, that I'd like you to answer. And then I would answer the same. I can almost imagine how many people, women or men, have you coached near or over 50 that have run the play and not gotten success? Zero is the answer. Zero. Yeah. Right. So it works no matter where you are in life. Zero. And you do the work. I have a 100% success rate, just like you. Yeah. If they do the, if they do the job, Right. Yeah. So the age of excuse thing is garbage. 
Yep. Right. Let's, let's just get it over. Let's get that out there right now. So if you're sitting at home right now, feeling sorry yourself because you're 54 and like yeah. you got too far to go. Well, every day you wait to start, you got even farther to go. That's the, that's the truth. But the second thing I'd like to say is what you said about your community and how much you love them. I promise you this. That for me personally, and I can't say this about you, but for me, my community gives me a non-negotiable to show up every day. So mm -hmm. like, you know, you talk about people leaning into the community that are part of the community. I lean into my own community. Like there's days when I don't want to do the work too, but I get up and I'm like, well, fucking team Claiborne's going to be there. I guess I got to fucking do the work today. And that gets me through the tough days, just like my community leans on the community to get through the tough days. Amen. These, our communities hold us accountable. People ask me all the time, like, how, what, what holds you accountable? I'm like, if my people would fucking stop showing up, I could get a rest day, but they keep coming. So, <laughs> you know, like, I guess I'll keep showing up for them. I mean, it's so true. It's a, the, the connection, like coach, client, community leaders and community members it's a it's a beautiful reciprocal relationship that is is life-changing it has it has been for me I can't even imagine my life without that type of of accountability of people that I respect like you said I have some bosses on my team that are probably very scary in their real life jobs <laughs> in yes. a good way you know, and we just need to clean up this one area, you know? That's so awesome when you think about it though, right? Like so awesome. there's people in my life, just like you, that I go to that are experts in their area. And yeah. I humble myself because right. I know they're the subject matter expert. Like I need to be coached by them. It's no difference. Like those boss ladies you're talking about in your group, like they get it. Like they can run fortune 500 companies, but they don't know about fitness and nutrition. So when they come to you, they're like, hey, Kendra, what do I need to do? Yeah, That's what's awesome about it, right? Okay. It's so cool. We have so many different people in right. our community. It's a great leveler, right? It's a great, it's a great leveler. So anyway, I, I do hope that we have like a dueling meetup some year. I think that would be fun. Like we could do that Michael Jackson dance. Like we'll be on the one side and you guys will be on the other. Maybe they'll actually have my picture up at first form this time shout maybe out first form. go find my poster maybe it could be like uh you've seen anchorman before oh yeah so maybe it'll be like when they meet up for the fight and like you know the <laughs> the, 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 the public the public television channel will come in you know, and the... <laughs> maybe uh, Andy will let us like do nascar event or something like we could just like take it to the racetrack you know We'll, we'll take it to the dance floor. We'll figure it out, man. Like, we got to organize that. Maybe yeah, we do, maybe do a smaller one. Like, like it is challenge winners, like something like that. And we bring them, we bring them out. Yeah. I mean, I would love to do it and I'll, I'll drop the dates of my challenge with you as soon as we get off here. I don't want to say All it right. on the zoom, but All you right. know, okay. I, yeah, same. All right. Kenny's got to go. Thank you guys for listening to our, we will find the title of the podcast. Please share the show. Rate us five stars if you don't have anything nice to say. Don't say it at all. And uh, peace out. Say hi to Sandy Claiborne, best wife on the planet. See ya.